So where do you Negroes want to start? So I, I'm going to just start it right here by saying, welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast. Hyphenation. I'm your dashing, daring, disappointed, and uh, debonair host, Kellen Conley. And with me tonight, all the way to my north, is Michael Lamarique. Lam, what's up? Yeah, I'm deep out here, deeper than the coldest snows that cover my heart. Welcome I'm to deep. the Four Timers Club, buddy. Oh, hey, that's right. I have been here four times. Yeah. I'm only cognizant of three, though. Well, no, it was it was uh, da- da- daughters, dads, and Disney Spider Verse, and then the other, uh, and then you were on shit, weren't you on four? No, no, no! I stumbled through one of those. <laughs> That's what I mean. All right, well, f- fine. Then you welcome to the Three Thomas Club. Oh shit! Yeah, and then to myself, my semi-regular co-host Marcus Show Madlove Robinson. Marcus, what up? Chill. What's going on? I love well, the intro hour in the show. I love it. Well, I didn't even look at the time. Yeah, I mean, it, this this is how this is how we roll, man. This is how we roll. Uh, shout out to uh, Handsome Bane, Eric Greenlee, who hopped off the call because, as he said, he don't want to talk about that nigga. <laughs> so uh, he does not have to. But we're here because this is technically a response to episode 108 where I talked about Jay-Z, the NFL, and Colin Kaepernick. And Marcus had reached out to me this past Sunday, and, and we had a conversation that involved all th- Four of us, three of us, four of us at Tom's in the Brain Trust chat talking about this whole situation and how it affected Marcus. And as I just said on episode 112 today, um, Marcus released a scathing piece directed at Sean Corey Carter on Monday, on Labor Day. And so what we're going to do here in this emergency pod is this isn't going to be an in-depth conversation where we break down all the angles. I'm literally going to give Marcus his space to talk about what this deal has done to him and how he views it. And then I want to get Lamb's point of view on it. And now I'm going to chime in and then we're going to close out the show from there. Cause I feel like this is something that needs is bigger than just needing my voice. I realized that after talking to Marcus and Lamb on Sunday. So, uh, we're, we're just going to get right to it. And, uh, Marcus, yeah, Would man. you like to uh, explain your position on how you feel about this Jay-Z thing? Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy SB the Ghost. I want to shout out Kellen hyphen Conley and his podcast hyphen Nation, which just had his 100th episode, Hip Hop Manifesto and the hyphen podcast group. I want to say congratulations. Love is love from SB the Ghost, LOX D Block. Keep doing what you're doing. And shout out to Shiver because he care about y'all and love y'all. Salute. Ghost told you so. I mean, my position is pretty clear that Jay-Z's out here fucking up, man. Like, like that's I guess I don't maybe it's not really fucking up, but he's definitely not showing the signs of what someone who wants to make change would show. Mm-hmm. So, so initially, you know, when the news broke that um, NFL and Rock Nation formed a partnership, 
it was super sort of strange. Like even before like you even even get the details about you know just their partnership, just even news of them coming together is pretty weird. And so you know, I saw you know the the, the timeline floating with pictures of like. Roger Goodell and like Jay Z awkwardly sitting next to him, and it was pretty strange. And you know, during that press conference, you know, Jay talked about how, you know, we're past kneeling and it's time for action. But as the details sort of came a little bit after that, um, Colin Kaepernick's wife and Eric Reed, they both confirmed that, you know, with this deal that Jay Z had with the NFL. Like, they didn't get Colin Kaepernick involved at all, which is really alarming because if it wasn't for Kaepernick's protests and the subsequent blackballing, Jay wouldn't have gotten the room to have any sort of leverage anyway. So it's sort of weird that you would sort of broker a deal with the NFL with the supposed goal of having, of promoting social awareness to combat injustices and, you know, do things like that. But the the cat the the um, the guy who started this the catalyst of this he's not in the room making these decisions, and it'd be one thing I think we all could sort of accept if it was a situation where Jay did approach Cap, they disagreed on some you know terms, and then Cap decided not to go in on a deal. That's one thing I think would be pretty considerable. But the fact that Colin didn't have any say or any sort of conversation with Jay or the NFL is is pretty alarming. It's pretty sad. And so whenever the news first broke um, on the 13th of August, a lot of people were, I think, definitely on a wait and see basis of what the NFL and what Jay were going to do. And so, you know, people were talking about, you know, it's chess, not checkers, motherfucker. Like, you know, shit like that on the TL. But then a couple of a weeks later, this past week, the news broke of what the actual plan would be. And then that's when the jig was up. And the plan from what everyone is showing so far is literally just a deal where Rock Nation is selecting artists to perform at certain NFL events and to sell merchandise for this... Inspire change. Yeah, so they're selling merch and putting on concerts, but, you know, what are they doing with the actual money? Like, what is the actual plan for money? And the thing is, it's like, you have these billionaires coming together, basically putting pressure on the public to make change when they have the power to make the greatest change. Like... Like, it's the old, I wrote my piece, like, this is the oldest trick in the billionaire playbook. Like, you have thousand, you put the pressure off of billionaires, put them on thousandaires to subsidize this program, and if it doesn't work, you can just point to everyone and say, well, you guys never bought our shit anyway, so nothing's going to change. When it's like, if you are a billionaire and you have way more sources than what me or you or Lamb or Eric or combined, triple, you have all those resources where you can literally pour those yourself into these programs, but you're shilling merchandise to do it. And that's really disheartening. And so I was really taken aback by that. And yeah, it, it, 
I know people are definitely going to wait and see approach to what, you know, what this is going to really do. And, you know, there, like I said, there's been no conversation of what they're actually putting this money to. But at the same time, if people are aware of, like, the NFL and their whole breast cancer awareness thing, when for years they were pumping merchandise, pink merchandise for breast pink cancer jerseys. awareness, pink jerseys, pink headbands and wristbands and whatever, but they were literally only contributing per, a percentage? Uh, uh, like, Hey, 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 hang on. Like, We're going off the rails here because that has been an issue for as long as that has been there. Like, Eric and I don't even... Like, we used to do uh, the Susan G. Coleman thing. Mm-hmm. And we, we don't even do that because we found out how little they contribute. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, the same thing. Yeah, WWE so that, every that, year does Susan G. Coleman. Yeah. And there's nothing really getting to research. It's all like 1% going to research. And it's like, and and I, I think we got to leave it up to the people who are actually, who are part of this to really look into it and find out what's happening to that money. But I'll let you go back. But no, that's the thing. Like, so that's, that's like the biggest example of like how the NFL, their posers, like, they're oh, total yeah. fucking posers. And so I don't really see how you can say you're about social awareness of bringing social change. When, one, you're blackballing the person who brought this to the forefront anyway, and you're partnering with a company and with Jay-Z, who's a bigger head of this, who he's coming off as the ultimate capitalist. Like, a capitalist, as we, you know, painfully have discovered throughout our history, they don't really give a shit about change. Mm-hmm. And... And the thing with Jay, what makes it so sad is because throughout his entire career, like, you can point to different things that Jay has done. Well, you know, the when the when the Twin Towers fell, I like, gave, you know, like, I forgot the bar or whatever. But, you know, this is a guy who you've seen, like, you know, donating, like, water and water supplies to, like, African countries. Like, you've seen him do the toy drives in the hood. Like, you've seen him do these multiple things where it's like, you know, even though he's a business, he's a business man. Uh, you can point to things and say, here's specific things that Jay has done that has been good for the community. Even if it's not a country, at least for the community of Brooklyn or whatever he's going through, whatever. But this just feels like just a shill. Like this feels like a sham to me. And so that's in part the reason why I wrote When Rappers on Heroes Part Three is because it really sort of felt like you're just pimping merchandise to promote quote-unquote change when you and the NFL and the owners, you know, how many billions of dollars are these owners combined worth? But it's up to the people to, like I said, buy the Inspire Change gear, go to the Megan Trainer concert, watch the NFL more to get those views up whenever there's this initial initiate change concert or whatever to get the advertising revenues up. So the, the onus is back on us to do something when these billionaires can do way more things than what we could do. So that was that was disheartening to me. Well I, I'm just gonna go ahead and, and say this that uh I have to walk back my support a little bit on Hove regarding everything that just came to light because literally I was 
I had made my points and I was like, it doesn't matter about this, that, and the third. And then the videos came out. <laughs> and then it wasn't, the, it wasn't that the videos came out. They'd been out since January, apparently, but it gave context to it. I was just literally scrolling through your feed, Marcus, your timeline on Twitter, just looking at stuff. And I saw those videos come across. And to see Jay sit there and be like, um, well, the reason that black people were afraid of uh, cops is because they didn't have dads. That's as dumb as shit I ever had heard. And then he shit on his mom, who he kind of, not even kind of, he, he used her coming out of the closet to bring more light to 444 just two years ago. And yet, because of what he just said, he's still kind of shitting on his mother, which yeah. I didn't appreciate because I love Gloria Carter Carter because she brought Jay-Z into the world. Yeah, I so didn't appreciate for, that. For the listeners, for full context of the video that Cone's talking about, so in January 2009, Jay-Z was on a panel with Bob Kraft and CNN anchor Van Jones and a couple other people. Wait, and hang so, on. Did you say that was in 2009? Oh, 2019, sorry. Yeah, okay. It's 2019, so... Good catch. So <laughs> on, this, on this panel, there's a question that Jay is asked about. We don't even know what the question is. We see him basically answering the question, but Jay is basically saying in summation that growing up in a single-parent household causes black kids to have resentment towards police and authority figures. And in this example, he's saying, you know, if the kid doesn't grow up with a father, he's going to pretend he's the man in the house and he has more strength than he actually has and has more power than he has. And he's going to, whenever a cop pulls him over... He's going to say, fuck you. Like, and so essentially, Jay-Z is trying to justify that black men have problems with authority because, one, black fathers aren't there, and two, black mothers and black women who raise these black kids aren't strong enough to raise black sons. And he gives a pass to police whenever they, you know, have, like, these incidents of police brutality because we're going to be automatically combative when we see a police officer. So that's the video that Jay's talking about. And I and I can say, as someone who had both parents in the home and someone who was raised in a predominantly white community, um, I still don't trust the cops. <laughs> and my dad was there. So this whole argument is super asinine to me. Yeah. And so in the piece I, I, I wrote, I included that because it's sort of like, you know... I think Jay has definitely turned <laughs> Bill Cosby Hill turn. Like it's so and in the piece that I wrote, I wrote a part and how it is sad that these people who we thought had the pulse of the youth, they turn conservative in these very disappointing ways. And so it's not just Jay Z, but if anyone's watched the recent Dave Chappelle stand up on Netflix, um, it's called Six and Stones. He's, he has a bit about gay and trans people that it's it's super awkward. It's not funny. And he's really just revealing his transphobia. And there have been plenty of people that say, you know, comedians should have the leeway to make jokes, whatever they want. But this is just a man who he's clearly transphobic and he's, he's trying to get these jokes off, but he's not doing it in an intelligent way. Right. Which is which is very sad and disappointing. Um, but if going back to Jay, 
it's the same thing. It's like you have this program with Inspire Change, but what change can you really inspire by watching Dreams and Nightmares intro for the 50th time edited on ABC or CBS <laughs> or Fox? Like, that's not going to inspire shit. Like, it's just not. So, so yeah. So, in my piece, like, the in the final paragraph I wrote, Jay, Jay-Z may be Stringer Bell, maybe someone that wasn't strong enough to take a long stance against the NFL and not smart enough to recognize he's been used by the NFL as a pawn to flout a false narrative of change. So if anyone knows The Wire, like Stringer Bell's character, he was someone that wanted to get out the dope game and try to get into the legal money, mm-hmm. but he was a guy that got ultimately finessed out of his money on the legal end, and Play he ended up getting... Yeah, he ended up getting turned on from his own partner from the street, uh, Avon. So, so yeah, I think I think Jig is turned about. So, I think he's he's someone who maybe innately he does want to do these things for change, which I don't necessarily doubt that. But it's like it's still capitalism. Like, what what are your real motivations for doing this partnership? And so I talked a lot. So I'm gonna I think. You know, we, I definitely want to hear Lamb's point of view because I talk a whole fucking much already. No, so. no, no, no. I mean, it's it's it is a really deep issue, and that's why I think what we're seeing is literally someone smearing shit on their body to scare people away while protecting something else. I don't think what we're seeing from the deal is exactly what is going to happen. So Rock Nation having the first choice and if not the only choice for music at all of those venues and also their deal, that's the small part of it. That doesn't show that that gives him, that's what gives them capital, but that doesn't have anything to do with any of the um, other decisions that they'll be able to make. And that, I think, is what is important. Because when they entered into this deal to be able to uh, host musicians and everything, that that gives him huge weight in there. Because look who he's putting on. He's putting on, he's putting on Meek Mill on there. And I think Lupe Fiasco was, was going to be on there. We're talking about people who wouldn't normally be on and in an NFL show at all. Right. That's the beginning of spreading some sort of, you know, narrative that the NFL didn't have. And that's just for music. T-shirts that they're going to be selling, who knows what's, what kind of subtext it'll have. But they can sell that, and they're going to be making a profit off of it. Now, what, we, what they do with the profit is, again, what really matters, and none of that has been described. And you know what else hasn't been described? What their social change platform is going to do. All that's been described is the music thing. And that's what everybody has been talking about. It, and it really does seem like a minstrel show has is, is been, been put on at the billionaire level. And I think, especially from the... And, and it really could be, because I don't know Jay-Z as a friend, but it really could <laughs> be uh, that he has all of these things planned out. If if any of the meetings that they've recorded from Rock Nation 
is true. When he sits there and has one of these brainstorm meetings to be able to move a company like Rock Nation into the NFL, that is a lot of work and a lot of talk and a lot of plan, not just for, oh, hey, now we're partnered with the NFL and to be run through. Now they have some sort of stake in the NFL. Now they're going to be getting money through the NFL. What is going to be the one-year plan, the five-year plan, the 10-year plan for every single person at that table, for every single person they're going to be bringing to the table, for every single person that's going to be able to have an opportunity to be able to be in the same fucking hall as a table. And I think that, I think that's pretty important. It's not, and, and the whole thing about how much music is going to go into it, it blows it out of proportion. Now, that conversation that Jay-Z had and his comment, yeah, there's no disguising that he he lost his connect he might have lost his connection with with who he was when he said that. Or he really misspoke. Or the question that was asked and how it came out and his answer were just really two completely different things. Like but you know but, but I mean no matter what what he said in context, out of context, we can't take that as 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 colored people. We can't accept that because right. we we know what the system is about. The system isn't about working for us. It's not about us. And I, and you know what? Even some white people have to understand that they're part of that us. That they're not going to be able to make it out until we all work together or black people get finally get on. And. I, I really want the context for that, for that question. Now, when we were talking about the uh, NFL's, uh, all of the allegiances that the NFL has, think about what the players are able to do. They always have that community service thing that they do. Yeah. Imagine that now going towards more communities of color, more outreach things. So they're like, hey, uh, your favorite football player, Ty Law, whoever, they're going to be at your school, your no-name school in the back end of whatever to inspire you. You watch them with your with your mother or father every weekend, and guess what? They're coming to your school to throw a football around and possibly help you guys do something, possibly throw some money into your school's coffers. That's big. And that's the that's part of the direction that they... that that the rock nation can push. You know, I don't know if you've seen like um, every single, almost every single time, unless a player personally goes to their own school, they're always going to these weird, yuppie white kids, excuse me, weird, yuppie kids. School. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, you guys have a fucking swimming pool. We didn't have a swimming pool in our fucking town. Right. And, but they, but they have these NFL players coming out there and they're like, yeah, I remember, being out here and working hard, trying to do something. You're like, bitch, these kids ain't trying at all. They get everything. They have music instruments in their music classes. We don't even have music classes. But now these players can have that outlet or something that gives them a deeper, more purposeful um, community outreach. And the players do have that time and want to go and do something like that. So that could be part of it, you know, being able to direct what the players are doing, because they also have to rock nation is going to have to work with the players union. So that means 
they're going to directly influence the players somehow. They're going to directly influence the players' moves somehow. The players are going to be a part of this, and that matters. Because guess what the, representat- what the representation of black people are in the NFL? It's a lot. So that's somebody right there backing them, where the owners didn't back them, the players' union didn't back them, but Rock Nation may back you. That's something. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot to this. And the NFL is a massive, multi-billion dollar comp- corporation. So when, he, when Jay-Z and Rock Nation go into this, and I do say it in two, in two ways. Jay-Z and Rock Nation go into this deal. There's a lot happening. And not just T-shirt, not just music. There's a lot going on. And we've only heard about T-shirt and music. But what if T-shirt and music is all that we get, man? So I, I think with the I think with the backlash of that, I feel like they should have announced some plan. Like nope, 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 nope. And they're better off not. And you know the thing about when you think about the PR for that, because if they announce some sort of plan, now you have people looking for more details. Don't do it. All of the details that you have, somebody's not going to like something. No, you don't do it. You're you when you, when your plan and you are excuse me when you're affecting the plan, that's when you talk about it, but not as you're planning it. You're like no, it, when you're doing it, you're like no, this is my next step. This is what we're doing, and you don't even talk about the far-reaching things. You talk about the next step because again, not everybody's gonna like the plan, and you know how fickle this the 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 people are, and that the media plays up. Why are we going to even let that happen? Right. But also, just to uh, just to answer your question, if all they get is music and T-shirts, then we really got to wonder that funding that they've been getting from music and T-shirts. What are they doing with it? That's, That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I think they, I think, I think if you're having. A blatant plan for social change, like you should be very transparent on what you're doing with this actual money. And I think it's, I if it, you talking about the Susan G. Coleman thing earlier, like okay. it's really it's really a sad thing that people have these, you know, corporations that are set to be donating, but they're not donating shit. So yeah. it, I think we have to have, we must demand transparency for any. Corporation saying they're going to have this donation company or this donation service. We really need to demand that. We need to know where this money is going. Okay, I'm donating to Red Cross. Okay, well, where I, the where I the fuck is this money going? I, I gotta say though, Susan G. Komen did one hell of a scam job because you know what they say they do, right? What they they're not paying into um, into research. They're paying into. Um, what is it? Uh, getting you to know that there's a thing. Just spreading the word. Jesus. They're, they're literally overpriced uh, flyers that they're putting out there. And it's that, and that's that's one of the things why people can't really go after them. And they're like, uh, hang on, I'll tell you what it is. Because um, they have what they're... Podcast 101, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I got, I'm Googling. I'm Googling. 
Uh, you, you do this very well, Lamb. <laughs> what, what? Google? Yeah, I, I'm talking about like when I can't think of words. I'm always like, oh, give me a second. And it's, I call it podcasting 101. That's exactly what's happening here. Oh, hell yeah. And plus, I'm filling in space. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're going to have to do that. You're going to yeah. be like, yeah, we're going to delete, 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 delete. Perfect. Uh, so they're an advocacy group advocating for small things, but they're not really the ones doing any of that work. They're bullshit. Yeah. So. So, oh yeah, so I did tell you, like, so it was a few years ago because we were putting money into the Susan G. Komen Foundation. And then we really found out about it. And we were like, wait. Was that the cancer walk? Yeah. Or that's well, something different? Well, there's several cancer walks. There was, uh, there's the Susan G. Coleman Cancer Walk, and then there's an official cancer walk from the American Cancer Society, which we do, which we were doing up until a couple years ago when we got too busy. Right. Um, but the Susan G. Coleman Walk, we were like, no, thank you. The ACS Walk will do, because that's going directly to the American Cancer Society, and we'll support that more than, you know, Susan G. Coleman. Fuck that hoe. <laughs> That's I mean, one way she, to put it. She's dead and gone, but, you know. Yeah, obviously. Nah, um, she's spinning over in hell right now. Not really. She probably comfortably laid out. Comfortably. Maybe. Somebody Google what happened cast. to Susan G. Komen. Died of cancer. Um, okay, well, I figured as much. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. I, I was... Uh, thinking about this episode earlier because I was like I like I said I've come to the conclusion that I'm definitely disappointed by Jay. I agree with what Marcus said in his great his great piece on the MARCROB.wordpress.com Mark Rob. I agree with what he said that Jay-Z's not getting canceled because one, he's he's Jay-Z. Two, of all the things that Jay could get canceled for, this isn't going to be it. And three there are people still out there who love their Cosby episodes. Mm -hmm. So, and here's another thing. Me and Marcus sat here and, and we did the deep dive into leaving Neverland. And, and does anybody give a shit all these months later about the Michael Jackson stuff? No. Five months later, his birthday just passed. And nobody feels any different about Michael Jackson after that documentary came out. It's, it's literally been swept under the rug. Well, wait, the documentary though, they, there's a lot of um, there's there's a lot of points where it seemed a bit more dr narrative driven than than information facts driven. driven. So than huh? facts. Driven. The, yeah, it was narrative driven more than facts, and it was like, uh, you you want to tell a story, and you're fluffing some things up more than more than necessary. All right, I see where you're going. So and you know, leaving those doubts made it difficult. You know, but unlike the R. Kelly shit, where nah, he 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 fucked up. Yeah, and and that actually ties into what I, I was about to say because I was I, I'm at the point where I'm disappointed in Jay, but I'm it's not it's not having an effect on me as far as me like not wanting to like listen to his music like when Kanye said what he said or um, some other things that I've I've canceled people over and like for instance Kevin Spacey. Like I, I can't really 
fuck with Kevin Spacey even if the charges were dropped now. But it hadn't got to that point with, with Jay for me. And you know me, I'm I'm king cancellation. So if I can go cancel somebody, I'm gonna I'm gonna be right there. But like, yeah, I cancel that dude and like spin on his grave and all that stuff. I'm all about that life. That's what I've been doing for all these episodes. But I was thinking, and I was like, why does this not bother me so much about what he did to Cap? And like, is it, and I was thinking like, is it a race thing for me? Is it, is it the way I was raised? Do I not, do I not feel the struggle and the plight and stuff? And I realized that wasn't it. I really chalk it up to this isn't new for Jay-Z. And I found an ultimate example of this. Okay. Bear with me, Marcus. You you listening? No, I'm not listening. Okay, good. Awesome. <laughs> yes, I'm listening. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I heard controllers clicking over there. No, I'm kidding. No, that's me. That's me. <laughs> See, Marcus getting in trouble for everything tonight. Like the Negroes. The the perfect example of this. Of and, and of Jay doing some shady ass shit and getting away with it. So, supposedly, allegedly, before she hooked up with Dane, and yes, this comes from my Leah research. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before she hooked up with Dane, Aaliyah, who I just talked about on 111, was with Jay-Z or had some kind of thing with Jay-Z before she was with Dame, allegedly. Jay was then talking about him being the first to help Jay immediately then rushed to be on that miss you remix when it came out, when the pot, the, the posthumous album came out and I can't, I think I was 2002 when that dropped or so I'm not looking right now, but I, it was somewhere in that area. She died in 2001. And I think the, the album that came after her death with all the unreleased stuff and remixes was 2002. Here's the thing. If, Jay supposedly had this relationship with with Aaliyah for even a little a small amount of time. He would know of what happened with Aaliyah in R. Kelly, which broke in like 98, 97. He was relevant then. He was volume one, getting ready to do volume two. So he he was in the industry. He was somebody. It wasn't something that could easily be looked over, okay? Mm-hmm. So Aaliyah dies in August of 2001. Tell me why this man then turned around six months later and did that best of both worlds press conference with R. Kelly. And Dame, of course, has always said he had, he wanted no parts of that other than the fact that he was still with Rockefeller, but he, he disagreed with Jay doing it. Dame apparently has said now that he didn't like it, but back then Dame was all about printing money. So that's what was Dame was saying. But he turned around six months later, announced the best of both worlds album with Jay, with, with Kelly and then the video came out and then the, the charges came out and then he distanced himself. They canceled the tour. And so even then it's like, all right, you knew that he married her when she was a minor. And even if you were being Jay who has trouble talking to women from what we've heard in your music all these years, even if you never had that conversation with her, if y'all were supposed to be friends and you were supposed to have some kind of relation with her, you should know that there was something wrong with that. Yet you still wanted to go be with this biggest R&B dude in the world to do this album. And I'm not even talking about the Linkin Park stuff because <laughs> that didn't come to 2004. But with you go and get hooked up with R. Kelly, and then as soon as things get bad, you jump ship. And then when things cool off a little bit, you go back to this dude 
and then turn around and put out all the uh, uh, you finish records and you put out stuff that didn't make it the first album, put out a whole nother ass album with them and then go out on tour with this dude. And yeah, we know that didn't work out. Ultimately, I actually saw that tour in Baltimore, one of the funniest shows ever been to in my life, but didn't turn around and work with this dude again after knowing what he did. And you probably knew kind of like a lot of people knew where Weinstein's bodies were hidden and a lot of people just turning the other way, you know, that good old boys club in Hollywood, you probably were very privy to what Kelly did and what Kelly did with Aaliyah when they, when she was younger and you still decided to take that fucking money and go to that album and go do that tour, even if it didn't work out. So that ultimately is why this whole thing does not surprise me. So here's the thing about the Kelly thing. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about it before, but the Kelly thing, if Kelly wasn't as big as he was, he would have gone down by himself. But because of who he was and how many people he had around him, he would have had a lot of finger pointing, a lot of people to be like, well, you brought this girl in my way and you know, you, you said she was down and you know, part of the whole thing about the industry back then was a lot of the really what we would call now problematic middle-aged men mind minds out there. And it's the one where, you know, guys were preying on women back then. And oh, yeah. it was it was okay. Jay-Z knew. Jay-Z knew. But he thought it was contained in a way where it wouldn't affect him. And Jay-Z wasn't the only one that knew. Everyone in 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 uh Kelly's camp knew. Everyone in Kelly's record company knew. And they all just hoped it was contained. And they all hoped it was contained when he got married. And they all hoped it was con- contained maybe for like that whole year and a half, two years that R. Kelly and Aaliyah were together. It was contained. And if they had stayed together, maybe he wouldn't have been, you know, such a, it wouldn't have exploded the way it did. Mm -hmm. Because imagine, you know, now that I think about it, imagine Ali is the reason he turned out like this because he couldn't get her. And he's been trying all these years to find another Aaliyah, another young girl that's just like her to find her and keep her and mold her again and he hasn't been able to it's like some sort of fucking murderer serial murderer but in a weird child rapey way i Um, I know where you're going yeah yeah but you know there's a he had a whole system he had bodyguards he had security he had houses and people who were buying and selling houses for him and building managers they all knew they were all a part of it so imagine you know when the mafia goes down it's not just it's not always one person that goes down every single person involved all the dominoes fall right so back then picking at him would have been picking at you know that that whole castle that whole that whole card castle and would have the whole thing would have fallen and this was also turned towards the height of his career. Now they're picking at him now, and he's he's a shadow of what he was. Even though he's he was fighting so- for his life, did you did you hear about that? 
Ah, everybody who goes to prison says that. <laughs> but you know, he's a, he's a shadow of what he was musically before. He's he was kind of a joke for the last five years before before the um, documentary and before all of these interviews. It was like a joke. It was like, oh yeah, you remember the old Kelly songs? Because nobody was listening to anything after the first two Trapped in a Closet albums. No, it, nobody. I don't. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but did you guys? I don't know how substantiated it is, um, but did you guys ever hear? I guess the rumor of how Jay met Beyonce. They didn't. I don't know. If they necessarily dated or whatever. But do you guys like hear the rumor that you know they met? You know before she actually turned eighteen. No, I believe they did. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe they did because, it, especially considering how hard they were touring back then, when they were young ass Destiny's Child, there and Jay Z was moving. And Jay Z was older. They have pictures of them together back then too. Yeah, there's, pic- there's pictures of them together, not like together, together. Like, and, and you know, maybe they were together just because they were moving the same, uh, but not like. An item. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they, I guess they started, I guess, dating when she turned 18, but it's kind of, you know. I think that's the, they, they, they started publicly dating. Yeah. So, I don't know if he was basically biding his time until she turned, but, you know, even still, that's kind of a, I mean, old girl was born in 81, mm. so 2001 puts her at 20, so that would say that, and happy birthday, Beyonce, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so if they start dating at 18, then that would put her around 99. I don't, I don't, I think that's a little too early. I think she was, I know Destiny's Child was a thing by 99, but. Destiny's I, Child was around in 90. 98, I think, is when they dropped. Destiny's Child was 97. Was it? Yeah. yeah. 97, 96 was like, hold on. That's... Oh, damn. No, no, no. It was 97. Shoot. It says years active from 1990 to 2006. Yeah, they so... didn't break through till. Okay, yeah. No, no, no. It was 97. The album dropped in early 98. Yeah. So, yeah, man. That's so, kinda... uh, and they were probably touring Texas hard as fuck when they were mm-hmm. Especially with uh, Beyonce's dad um, yep. being the way that he was. Make my money. God damn. From 1990. So imagine his her father was she was 19, uh, 1990. Was she 10? Uh, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. born in 81. Yeah. yeah, she was nine. She was nine when the group formed, and her and all them girls were doing all of that until they they got big in ninety-seven, ninety-eight. That's sixteen. So imagine they're getting big. Of course they're gonna meet Jay Z back then. Ninety-six, ninety-seven, Jay Z. Of course. He was attainable, <laughs> if you want to think about it that way. God. <sighs> So. I know. And you know what? The worst thing is, the more you think about this, the more you think about how 
terrible the music industry is because entertainment in general, man. Entertainment in general, because there's tons of these these guys out there. There's tons of those, but they they're just quieter. They move quieter, but mm-hmm. they did the same shit. There's a lot of people who are out there probably talking about what they did to one of the girls in Destiny's Child, and they were 16. God. And and they were taking racy ass photos back then too. They, so, this album cover looks hella like the first album cover looks definitely suspect. I mean, yeah, if you look at even the "Hit Me Baby One More Time" video, I don't, I didn't even really realize this until maybe like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But wasn't Britney Spears like sixteen in that fucking video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. she literally was sixteen. And Wait. they were like flaunting her like a fucking. Wait, 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 wait. Object. Hit me, baby. Wasn't that in 2002? That was 97. Oh, 97? Slave for You was like 2002. Yeah. Oh, okay. Baby One More Time was 99. Oh, damn. See, I'm way early. See, I got my years mixed up. Yeah, no. She was like 18, 19, though. No. Hold on. I Hold on. Baby One More Time dropped in 98. Britney was born. And I'm glad that this is where we segue to, by the way, fellas. She's born in 81. So she's born the same year as Beyonce. So she was 18. Um, she would have been 18 in uh, 99. Yeah. So she was 17 when, when Hit Me dropped. Oof. Oof. That's bad business right there. <laughs> yeah. And that was the thing back then. Like, all of these. So g- fucking normal. Like. Yeah. And you wouldn't even think about, oh, yeah, she's 16, 17 doing these things. Like Christina Aguilera and was another one, and Emilion and uh, Maya. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean Christina Emilion. You said Emilion. I was like, um, I don't think Emil was young. <laughs> no, Emil's never been. Emilion. Never, <laughs> no one called Emil Emilion. <laughs> Emilion. They, that's, they, what, hey, that's what her name That's is. not true. They did. That's what her name was not first. Often. Emilian, uh. You know it, I'm gonna be talking about that album pretty heavy pretty soon, Marcus, but you opted out. Her so. album? No, no, we're gonna be talking I'm gonna be talking about volume three. Uh, uh, my pretty soon. Yeah. And Marcus well, so opted your out. Favorite? Yeah. Oh well shit, the conversation if that's your favorite, then the conversation would actually be better with Lamb. So there you go. The gods combat jack. Has looked down upon us and blessed us with a better plug. Can 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 you can you talk about Blueprint Three as well, Lamb? I don't remember Blueprint Three, but I can make a listen to it tomorrow. Hopefully, oh, am I? Yeah, I'll, I'll listen to it tomorrow because. Well then. I got some editing. Marcus, you you just you just uh, you just filled your spot, buddy. I appreciate that because this is going to be a weird ass podcast hey, without. Hey man, it it wasn't me. It was Combat Jack, man. He blessed us, dog. For real. Combat's always looking out for us. I, I believe that, and I'm not even being funny. Internet. Listen, that should be, that should be like the god of uh, of podcasters. They pray to Combat Jack. I, I'd be okay with that. I'd yes, be 100 percent okay with that. My favorite. You must co- try harder. Oh shit. Speaking speaking of cocaine, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite combat is when him talking about doing cocaine in the 80s. Like that, he had so much joy talking about doing cocaine in New York in the 80s. Like it was combat a- lived life, man. No, he did. He did. Yeah, man, for real. Oh, man. 
So, yo, this I'm looking at the producers on this. Yo, which with with volume three. I don't know. I could do. I I definitely talk about Blueprint three, like even like right now. But uh, I mean, dude, like volume three, Lamb. That Lamb. This volume three is my first Jay Z experience, dude. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I hadn't. I had not heard vi- I hadn't heard Reasonable. I hadn't heard Volume One. Hadn't heard Volume Two. I'd heard singles, and then, and I, I don't care if I say this now. A friend of mine, my neighbor, bought me Volume Three edited from either Walmart or Kmart for my birthday. Oh man, you remember when all those edited CDs would be coming out? Yes, and I wore that disc down, mm. and I still don't know all the curse words on Volume Three because I was so used to listening to it without uh. the curse words. That's fucking funny. So broke. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. But that was my first Jay-Z experience, man. That's what that and then Dynasty hooked me. Those two. And then, and then I went back to Reasonable. 1-900 Blueprint dropped. And I, that was it. That was it for me. 1-900. Holla at your boy, dog. Like, Seagull talking shit on 1-900. Go holla at Purdue. Chicken? Holla dude. Yeah, man. So, does anyone else want to touch on this Jay-Z NFL thing that you both shared both sides of your views? Was there anything else you thought either one of you missed? Or I, I do want to say one last thing. I do have to concede that it doesn't look good what's happened so far. But we haven't seen everything yet. The the other shoe has it dropped, guys. Let's let this let's let's let the whole set of loafers come through before we're 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 blocking out Jay Z. And that's what I was feeling too when I recorded 108 and stuff, man. But it's it's just so the the announce the, like this weekend was really disheartening. Like after seeing the videos and especially after seeing this fool show selling clothes and shit, and it it just looked bad. And then. I was just really disappointed and disheartened that that me thinking that oh yeah this this is isn't what everybody think it is and then it turns out that it could be and it involves Jay like it it is really still disappointing for me as a whole. Oh, I didn't know I was recording. Hi there. Didn't mean to interrupt the great hyphen podcast show you're currently listening to. My name is Eduardo Garfield the Bird Esquire. You can call me E.G. I'm the host of the number one concert review podcast in the world. It's called Catch the Show. And also a member of the incredible hyphen podcast group, a collective of podcasters who like to give their takes on the main things going on from life to entertainment. And my show is me giving my opinion on some of the highest tours and shows from Beyonce to YouTube. See, I go to a lot of concerts and have gone to a lot of concerts, so it makes sense I have a podcast reviewing concerts and talking about the latest in music-related pop culture. So go listen to my podcast, catch the show on hyphenpodcastgroup.com or anywhere where podcasts can be heard so you can catch the show. Get, because that's the name of the title. All right, now back to the show you were listening to. Yeah. 
And and there's no there's nothing wrong with feeling a little disappointed. We have high hopes in him, but we gotta see the whole thing through, right? And uh, also, let me start uh, printing these Kanye was right T-shirts, and you can find them on a website that I'll be putting up later. <laughs> oh my God! Do you know how many MAGA people will buy that shit? That's money. That might be the way to pay our hosting fees. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. Before you go on, Mark, this is a really terrible tangent, but have you heard about the woman who is um, who is viewing DM'd penises for $35 and giving that person a review? Oh, my goodness. Hold on. Did you hear about the, the woman who... She received 69 unsolicited dick pics and she like drew all of them for like some art show. Wow. I think it was San Antonio, some wild ass shit like that. Wow. Well, yeah. You have to put that article up. Like, and random fucking with women shit. <laughs> oh, man. Damn, women got it. I'm sorry, y'all. Women got it the fucking worst. I, I'm deeply sorry about that shit. We're, we're I haven't said it in a while, but men are trash. And our trash. Big trash, yes. I'm, I'm not even offended if somebody thinks I might be trash because... I know I used to be trash, and sometimes I still am trash. I can't right? I can't help it. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's inevitable. Like, it's... It is. It is what it is. You, you have to be just... just If you know you're trash, that's, like, half the battle. Mm-hmm. So, we're, we are doing things that we are... We're in the good fight to not be trash, even though we lose sometimes, so... I think that's fair. I can live with that. So, uh, I mean, that kind of wraps up what I wanted to do with you guys as far as NFL and Jay-Z. Marcus, did you have any last thoughts you wanted to say? Well, we touched on unsolicited dick pics and cocaine for a little bit. Mm. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, that's the American, and men being trash. Like, that's the trifecta of of American society. <laughs> Drug usage, unsolicited dick pics, and men being trash. So um, wow. but no man, like I I understand that every fool for a vast majority of Jay Z fans who are skeptical, I understand that people are definitely on a wait and see basis. In a way, even though I'm very, you know, um I'm I'm very skeptical and very pessimistic about this whole ordeal. I mean, I I am on a wait and see basis. Also, like, um, I do think that we definitely need to have some real plan and action for this money that they want to generate. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of, oh, let's donate to some justice more, but let's donate to police too. It's like, okay, but. But again, I don't know. Like I, I definitely want to plan. I'm waiting if there's a real plan to do with this money, and if it goes down in a great way and it benefits, I you know, disenfranchised people, people who are the victims of systematic, um, you know, police brutality. If it benefits us, which I can definitely say is us. Mm-hmm. If it benefits people who are victims of fucking ICE. Like, if it does something that is actually going to have cultural change, then I would buy a, I'd buy a fucking a whole fit. Like, if it's going to really produce real change, I could buy a whole fucking fit. But if it's not, and if this is a shill, the jig, the jig is up. You know what I'm saying? So, 
So yeah, man, we'll we'll just see what happens with this shit. All right, man. So I'm like Eric Jordan, who's who's of uh, Browns in our blood fame, and and also of uh, Monster in the Man podcast fame. Now he saw my post about when they announced the deal. I posted on IG, like essentially saying it was going to be concerts and T-shirts, and he said, "Nope, you're not going to change me. I support Cap and I support Jay Z." And I feel the same way, but I do feel really let down by Jay-Z right now because, honestly, look, there's very few people who I feel like know know Jay-Z and understand who this person is better than me. I don't even know the dude. I'm just a huge fan and have been for 20 years at this point. But, I mean, honestly, as much as I want to be optimistic and as much as I didn't care last week, about this and I was like it's not a big deal I kind of feel like nothing is going to come of this and I hate to say it I hope I'm wrong I, mean, I do I mean the thing is like it's if, if I don't think we'd be surprised either way actually I think we I think the three of us collectively if, if a year from now so if we came back September 4th 2020 and we looked at everything that happened and there was nothing that really happened i don't think the three of us would really have any shock over that but i do think that i think if something really did happen from it i think that would be a bit more shocking but at least it's a good shock at least it's like oh i found a 20 dollar bill holy shit like it's at least is if you want to have a shock have a good shock but you know I I can see it not going the way that like it probably should go. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. But Lamb Lamb's the positive one on this episode, right? Sometimes you gotta be the only one. And you know what I always say. Power 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 yeah. I messed it up. Oh, you always <laughs> say that, huh? Okay. Always go blah 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 blah. The power of positivity is real. That's what I like to say. Make it happen. Yeah, man. So um, yeah, so, I mean, that that's it. That's why this is emergency pod. So I just want to get their opinions and let y'all hear somebody else talk about it besides Jay-Z stand number one over here. Mm. I mean, I'm Jay-Z stand number two. Like, I mean, Hove is still my top three of all time. Like, I, I'm not in the mood to really listen to Jay, but like I wrote, and like we said before, like, there's no, we're not canceling Jay. Like, it's just a moment when you get let down by somebody. Like, you don't cancel on your life completely, but it's just a letdown. I'm not gonna cancel Chappelle, even though it's very disheartening of his comments. Like, you know, he's still the greatest comedian ever, in my opinion. Probably, well, maybe I don't know, but he's still one of the greats. And so, wow, I'm not gonna really care for what he has to say about gay people and trans people you know and that's so vastly disappointing like i'm not gonna you know cancel Chappelle, but um but yeah man so well i'm glad that we were able to have this conversation this this was shorter than our earlier conversation and i don't know if the conversation is literally going to end yet but um i'm just going to go ahead and say and i'm it's recording this time, Marcus. So if you say some wild shit after I say this, 
it's going to get it this time without me having to piece it together like a dumbass. But anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. This has been Hyphen Nation. For my guests, Michael Amarique and my semi-regular co-host, Marcus Showmad, Love Robinson. I'm Kellen Conley. And thanks, y'all. Oh, before you cut the episode off, listeners, don't well, I'm be not str- stopping recording. So Lis- listeners, don't be stringer bell. That's all. I think that's good advice. Cool. So that's done. <laughs> I had nothing inspiring to say afterwards. I'm like, mm, no, I'm good. You're out of. Pro- I mean, you you made some eloquent points, man. You 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 come on and you you speak very eloquently, and you pause in between sentences. I think you're going to stop, and I'm like, no, no. I know Lamb's going to talk again. I just want to. comment this has been a hyphen podcast network production they're the bestest i'm getting paid at exposure